listening to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast where all topics are on the table, from brotherhood and faith, culture and wisdom. So pull up a chair and join us as we talk about the things that build us up and make us strong. the Strong Towers Podcast. I'm John Ackerman. Tom Edwards is here with me. We are without Mike Lara tonight. Um, and it is spring, folks. It is spring. I don't know what winter was like where you were. Um, <laughs> Tom and I were just talking about this. Uh, it doesn't feel like we got much of a winter here in Northern Virginia, but January felt downright Midwestern to me. Uh, it was just, it was cold. So the cold. Whole month. <laughs> it's just cold. And I've not experienced that since, you know, my formative years back in Wisconsin and Illinois and Indiana. Um, and so here we find ourselves again in spring. Uh, last year at this time, we did an episode on spring and we are not repeating that episode. But there's just <laughs> something about spring that makes you start thinking about the outdoors differently. Um, at least it does here. Uh, I'm sure if I lived in Colorado, I'd be thinking about winter differently because it, you know, there'd be more to do. Yeah. But there's something here about we've, we've endured Northern Virginia winter and spring is coming and the daffodils are popping up and the irises and the crocuses are, you know, they're leafing and they're flowering, not the irises so much, but like there's, there's new life. There's new life and it's just awesome. And you can't help but see people beginning to shift the way that they live. Uh, COVID notwithstanding, there's just there's more people outside doing outside things. And it got us thinking, you know, we, we spent the last several episodes talking about just, you know, reorientation at Strong Towers, mission and vision, uh, core values, sort of what we're most passionate about. And we talked about a few of the places being you know, the, the wilderness of spirituality, um, you know, adventure, not machismo adventure, but just the willingness to step into places that stretch us, places of the unknown, um, and to do so in the company of others, the idea of brotherhood. And that in so doing, we discover more about ourselves, how we're wired and what we're made for. And I don't, there's just, maybe it's just me, but there's something about spring that seems to awaken a desire in all of those categories to sort of begin to stretch a little bit and and see what's new. Yeah. I, so again, go ahead, Tom. I, I was just going to say, I think it opens up categories that have been kind of dormant for a little while in those areas, right? It just opens up possibilities because, yeah, you, you can definitely have community and even have adventure inside in the winter months or, you know, do a ski trip or something like that. But I feel like it just – Spring opens up the possibilities of getting out and doing something. Yeah. And so the question that it was raising for me, um, and so some of this is tied to a couple of different sources. Um, we've talked a little bit about one of the people that's been influential in our lives, John Eldridge, uh, primarily known as the author of Wild at Heart, but has written a slew of other things. And one of his more recent works was a book called Get Your Life Back. And it was perfectly timed. It it preempted the pandemic by less than a calendar year. And one of the things that it was talking about was there's so much in our life that sort of lulls us and numbs us into uh, desensitivity, um, routine, 
over-functioning, <clears throat> lack of awareness. And he threw out this stat at one point fairly early on in the book that just it blew my mind. Um, but he said that the average person will spend 94% of their life in essentially a climate-controlled environment, right? Uh, not real environments. And I just, I found that really kind of disturbing. I thought one, I was doing better than that, (laughs) Um, but just being made aware of and, and being forced to confront the question of how much do I actually engage with the real world and how do I even define the real world? Not to get too meta here, but how often do I actually engage with outside real world versus inside simulated world? And it's a little bit of a disruptive question, I feel like. Yeah, I th- and I think it's disruptive because <clears throat> we tend to remember or think about the times that we are outside and, you know, did an epic hike or caught a sunrise or sunset somewhere. And, like, and so we have memories of those because they stand out mm-hmm. from the norm, right? And then you sit back and you think about, Oh man, like I, I actually do like most of my day. I am just inside in my office, in my car, in my house, whatever mm-hmm. it is, doing all good things, but no, uh, you know, actual tactile experience of the outdoors. And, and I think when he threw out that stat, he even talked about how. Like we've gotten to the point where the plants that we have in those environments to make us feel like we're more outside are themselves also fake, right? Yeah. Like, um, <clears throat> and that really did hit home to me, uh, during the pandemic and, and the most recent job switch that I have because, uh, working from home, you don't even like have the, I'm going to go out to my car to get in a different environment, to drive to work. Like work and home now are the same. There are literally days that I would not have to leave my house um, if I didn't choose to, right? And so I think we do have like a wrestle of how do we deal with um, at least what I feel like is a draw to the outdoors Mm -hmm. versus the – ease of falling into a lifestyle where we just don't we just don't get outside yeah and so it feels like we almost have to begin with sort of a recognition of the outdoors <clears throat> nature reality um, and that may be the best way to say it reality so again this isn't you know unless you're backpacking you know 10 miles plus it doesn't count unless you're you know hiking camping it doesn't count just engaging with reality has an effect. And oftentimes I think you're right, Tom. I mean, we're just, we're so desensitized to the lack of reality. I mean, I'm sitting at a desk from, I forget where Ikea target. Some like it's, it's fake wood. <laughs> it looks like wood, but it's fake wood. And next to me is a leather chair that I'm pretty sure is not real leather. Right. And so just, Anywhere that I look right now with within eye distance isn't real. Yep. Like I, I've got a succulent on my desk and I think 
That's the only real thing that I can see from where I'm sitting. And there's just, we become desensitized to it. And something happens when we're in reality. And yet there's an intentionality that's that's required, I think, for us to achieve maximum benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can be outside and be blissfully unaware of it. I mean, I let my dogs outside every morning and usually I'm just counting the impatient seconds until they're done with all their dog business so that I can go back inside and either go back to bed or start my morning or go to bed at the end of the day or whatever the case is. And so I'm not even engaged in the fact that I am out in reality. Mm -hmm. I'm impatient with having to be out in reality because I want to get back inside. Yeah, totally. It's like the outdoors disrupts our day instead of envelops our day, which is really what it's doing, right? It's out there while we're inside our little bubbles. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And and so the, the question today, just to consider, just to reflect on, just to create space for is how do you intentionally connect with the natural world? How do you intentionally connect with reality on a daily basis? And I think as I stop to consider it, even just how I would define reality, you know, Tom, you were talking about the, the old routine of going from the house to the car to the, the workplace, whatever that is. I mean, I feel like I could convince myself that driving to work is engaging in reality, but I'm still in a climate controlled vehicle, right? I'm, I'm not touching a single real thing yeah. on that commute. And I remember when I first read John Eldridge's book about this, I think I spent the next six months driving with the windows down, regardless of outside temperature. And honestly, it was exhilarating. It was stupid hot for part of that time. And if you've not experienced Northern Virginia winter, it's just, it's hot and humid and swampy and it's miserable. And yet there was something about feeling the season that was enriching. Mm -hmm. It wasn't always enjoyable, but it was just... It affected me and then experiencing the shift to fall and then driving with the windows down in early winter, which again, I had a shorter commute then, but like there was just something that was good about being aware of the world around me instead of my climate controlled car that feels about the same, whether it's summer, fall or winter. Yeah. That's what I was thinking is it's orienting to what is actually happening instead of, you know, going from one environment to another, to another that are all basically the same. You do have to kind of come to terms with uh, what is it doing outside? Right. And, and how do I interact with what it's doing outside? Uh, you know, do I enjoy a spring rain? Mm -hmm. Right. Is, is that something that I'm annoyed by, or, you know, is (laughs) is it something that I can actually derive some joy from? Um, so it's definitely been, uh, uh, you know, something that I've had to think more about recently, um, and, and figure out how to get those pieces of it because yes, on the weekends, you know, I'll, I'll spend time outside or, you know, like we said, it, it's spring and so stuff is starting to grow and that's inevitably going to mean firing up the mower again and, and having outdoor tasks to do. Um, but mowing the grass doesn't necessarily connect at a heart level 
for everyone. I know for some people it definitely does. And, and that's, um, you know, one of their favorite times to be outside is just to get behind the mower and, and go. But, um, you know, how do we get that connection to the reality that's out there, um, on a more frequent basis than, than what we normally see? Um, for me, I've, I've found myself over the last couple of months almost, uh, finding excuses to just get outside real quick and do something, uh, you know, walk to the mailbox, take trash out to the toter, uh, you know, go pick up sticks for a couple of minutes in the, in the yard. Um, and just to, just to be able to walk around, be outside, get up from the desk, um, and just have a different view uh, different smells, different whatever, um, just to get that reorientation. Um, a lot of times I like to do that barefoot too. I feel like that helps, right? To walk in the grass or, or across the driveway or, uh, again, just different feels, different textures that are real, mm-hmm. that are not the, the desk and screen in front of me. Yeah, there's definitely something to, and again, it's such an overused phrase that I almost hate to use it because it just, it feels like as soon as you say it, it's easily dismissible, but the need to slow down Mm -hmm. in order to experience reality. And there's so many times where, like I said, you know, I'll take the dogs out in the morning or, you know, I need to go feed the goats and the chickens first thing. And I'm amazed at how much I miss if my sole focus is on get the task done. Right. That it's just, I mean, it's literally some mornings head down, walk to the barn, get the hay, get the water, fill everything up, walk back inside. I wish I could have gotten more sleep. And then, you know, like I'll get a, I'll get my mug of tea going in the morning because I'm still not a coffee person. And I'll look out the window and I'll suddenly see things that were outside that I didn't see when I was outside. Like there's deer in the yard or there's birds or there's squirrels or there's flowers coming up or the trees are blossoming or, or whatever it is. And it's suddenly like, how did I miss that? I was just there. Yeah. I was closer to it there than I am to it now. And I missed it. I wasn't even present to it. I was just so focused on what I thought needed to get done that I missed any sort of redemptive or rejuvenative value, if I can say that to being in reality. Yeah. But I know you guys are, are pretty good about getting out and taking walks during the day, uh, weather and foot conditions permitting. Uh, right. So how has that, um, well, how, how did you get into that routine, but also how does that uh, impact your connection to the outdoors? Uh, I mean, some of it was just, we were so excited to be out here in a more rural setting where we can walk down a gravel road, not have to dodge cars and, you know, walk past fields and flowers and other people's livestock that we don't have to take care of. And, (laughs) and it was just, it was really, it was really cool. It was just, it was so different, right? That simply by virtue of being different, it just, it transfixed us. Um, But then over time, you know, familiarity breeds, if not contempt, at least sort of a lackadaisical response. And so we were just out walking earlier this week 
And I realized halfway through, I'd been sort of head down, focused on where my feet were going, which again, gravel road, there's potholes, there's larger rocks. Like you, that's not fun when you step on one without paying attention to it. And so there's a good excuse to be head down, eyes on where you're going. But I mean, we were a mile and a half in and I suddenly realized I've not seen anything going on around me. I am completely disengaged from my surroundings and I'm surrounded by nature and I have no idea what's happening. (laughs) Um, And it was just, it was yet again, a reminder of like, this is an intentional choice. This is, this doesn't happen simply by virtue of stepping out my front door. You know, this happens by virtue of conscious attention. Right. And, and again, it's, it's the willingness to slow down, to not be, task focused and not be directionally focused to yes, I'm going for a walk. And if I'm walking fast enough that my eyes have to be on my feet, unless the goal is simply to keep the heart rate higher, what am I doing? I'm, I'm missing. Like this is the season where all kinds of cool things are coming up out of the ground and I'm missing all of it Mm -hmm. because I just had my eyes on my feet. And so that's been, that's been sort of a constant readjustment on my part of I want to experience reality, not just be outside. Mm. That's good. And we had, uh, when we talked before recording, uh, we had mentioned that this is different than the task orientation, right? Of it, it's not because last episode, you know, we did the, the someday projects, um, you know, and this is not a add to the to-do list, you know, what, what, uh, cause I think, you know, both of us do tend to operate out of that a lot. Um, and, and both yeah. of us do have projects to do outdoors, which obviously we're getting into that time of year to get out and, you know, lay claim to more of the land and, <laughs> right. and all the landscaping and all of that. <clears throat> um, but really, it's not just the be outdoors because there's stuff to do, right? It, mm-hmm. It's be outdoors because there is something there that is good for us to be experiencing. Um, it's good for us to reorient to that natural order, right? Of mm-hmm. things are happening in their season and, uh, you know. The, the animals are out there doing their thing. Spring, the birds all are coming back and all that. Um, there's a lot more activity out there to, to be paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think shows us how much we're a part of something bigger yeah. in, instead of just the small existence that a lot of us have for most of our time, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what I so prize and I so value about getting outdoors and actually engaging with the reality of outdoors is it's such an invitation into something bigger. Uh, you know, last summer I was, I was working on this goat pen, you know, as we were about to get our goats. And so I'm stretching wire fencing, which I'd never done before in my life. And so it felt like it really needed to be head down, eyes focused, because you don't know what you're doing. So pay attention. And I remember I was working on the, 
I'd lost track by this point, you know, which post I was working on as far as termination points. It's like wrapping the fencing around the corner posts and then bringing the strips back and having to wrap them around each other to keep the tension on the post. And it was just, it was tedious. And frankly, it was mind numbing, but I still felt so new and inexperienced at it that it felt like I needed to be giving it my full attention. And so I'd been outside for hours upon hours upon days at this point. And there's just suddenly there was this internal invitation uh, that was like, hey, John, look up. Like my eyes had been down for hours, focused on my fingers wrapping wire. And this internal invitation comes, hey, hey, John, look up. And I looked up like over top of the, the pen that I'd been building. I just I saw the trees and I saw the sky. And I saw clouds and there was just this overwhelming sense of holy crap. Like I have been outside in the larger world for half the day. And I feel like I've been inside the whole time. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been existing in a four by four square of my immediate surroundings and totally lost track of the fact that there was all of this going on around me because I was just head down, eyes focused, keep working. And it was such a beautifully disruptive moment of re-entry into the larger world, re-entry into reality. And for the rest of the time that I was out there wrapping wire, I was actually able to do it with my eyes up. And, you know, by that point, sort of do it by feel with my fingers and trust that I knew what I was doing. And I was able to do the task, but I was able to do it while experiencing the larger world around me. And like, it just, it totally flipped my inner reality. It went from boredom and frustration and tedium to, I love being out here. This is so cool. I'm having a blast. I'm creating and building something, but I'm doing it in the context of like all of this wildlife and nature that we have. And this is just, this is just amazing. And it feels like that's the effect that, you know, quote unquote, getting outdoors can have like it's 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 not just go outside because outside is better and inside is bad, but it's it's the reentry into reality. I mean, it's it's correctional in the sense that it it corrects your orientation to what's real and what's not to mm -hmm. what's big and what's small. And I'm just amazed at how often I lose track of that. Yeah, how easy it is to lose track of that or how we think that we can somehow fake that connection with our house plants or the window that we sit next to or, uh, you know, and, and they <clears throat> end up being poor substitutes for actually taking the opportunity to get outside. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to? as it warms up and greens up and things are growing and flowering and leaves on the trees. Honestly, it's, it's all of that. Um, I love, and I think we talked about this in the spring episode, but I think my favorite seasons are the transitions between seasons, right? I love, I love new spring. I love the beginning of it. I love watching all of the growth begin to happen. Um, and, the people that owned this property before we did, did an incredible job of planting for the seasons. And so there's snowdrops that start coming up and flowering in February. And it's just like this teaser 
and this reminder of there's more to come. And then the daffodils start popping and the irises start leafing and the hyacinth starts coming up. And I didn't know any of these words until we moved out here. <laughs> like I knew that they were all plants and flowers, but I just, I had no sense of the season. I had no sense of timing. I, I, you know, I barely landscaped in my townhouse. And so that's not like an indictment on the whole world. It's just, I wasn't, I didn't have this rhythm. Yeah. And so now this is our third spring out here. And I'm in this rhythm now where starting in January, I am excited for what I now know is going to be coming. And then the things that still catch me by surprise, like it was just last week that I was like, oh, the red bud's going to be popping soon. And that's just so cool. And then our peach tree in the yard that we planted last year, the blossoms are out. Nice. And it was like, oh, I forgot about like, that's what they do. That's right. They flower before they leaf. And there's just, I keep getting surprised by all the little things that the outdoors has to offer that if I don't slow down and pay attention, I miss the benefit. I miss the reminder of just how much is going on that, mm. that I'm often unaware of. And so there's projects to do. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting the mower back out. I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing the yard trimmed up again. Uh, you know, there's trees to take down. There's, I need to build another goat pen this year because they need more space. Uh, but I'm just, I'm really more than anything else now. One of the things I love about being out here is I love being able to experience the reality of the seasons. Yep. So how about for you, Tom? What's got you excited about the upcoming? Yeah, for us, uh, I, I think one of the things that I'm looking forward to is uh, our oldest is is going to play Little League for the first year. Nice. And so <clears throat> um, while this may be a nightmare for our schedule, um, <laughs> you know, having a couple nights a week at the ball field just to yeah. be outside, sit and watch them play um, – you know, and then also thinking as his season will, will probably be wrapping up, um, you know, the, the local summer league, uh, yep. ball club will be back. Um, you know, and so, so getting to hopefully do a couple of nights at that ballpark. Um, I don't know, just something about being out in the, the warm spring, summer air. Um, I don't know, nostalgia. Probably yeah. is, is a lot of it, um, but just something to look forward to. Um, and yeah, uh, so that's a, our first family foray into spring sports. <laughs> yeah. And there's something about baseball that just, I don't know, it seems like it fills some of those buckets of the green of the grass the sounds, the smell, like all of it, it just, it's rejuvenating. There's something about it that. Yeah. Just, I think it's, it's good. It's being outside just for the purpose of enjoyment. Yep. Right. Go out, have a game, <clears throat> just be outside because yep. just because it's fun. Yep. So yeah, yeah looking forward to that and, and more moments of that. Uh, you know, getting to, we have a lot of places around us, uh, you know, that you can go outside, 
drink a glass of wine or have a beer or, um, you know, and so all of those places opening back up for the spring season, patios and hillsides and picnics and the whole nine. Yep. It's going to be good. Yeah. So whatever spring looks like for you, uh, whether you're already well into it where you are, or uh, maybe you still have a couple of more weeks of winter, like our friends in the mountains, uh, <laughs> we hope that uh, that something really has called out to you uh, in this episode uh, in terms of the reality of, of getting to be outside, touch dirt, grass, trees, flowers, breathe the fresh air enjoy a rainstorm, whatever it might be. Um, it really does have a healing effect on our souls to be able to get outdoors and and spend as much time out there as we can. Um, so we look forward to hearing your spring stories and, and what you have planned for getting outside and trying to make that more of a rhythm in your life. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, go to our webpage and reach out. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, this has been another Strong Towers podcast. Before you go, we just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for being a part of the conversation and taking on this journey with us. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and throw us a like or write a review. All of that helps other people find our show. If you're looking for more, head over to our website, strong-towers.com, and sign up to receive notifications whenever we release new content. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at strong underscore towers. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, We Are Strong Towers, to keep the conversation going throughout the week. If you want to support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash strongtowers for your chance to score some Strong Tower swag and get access to exclusive content. We appreciate y'all, and we'll see you back here real soon.